Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 132. As the creator and the host of the popular podcast, Don't Keep Your Day Job, Kathy Heller is growing one incredible platform for reaching entrepreneurs and dreamers. Kathy's mission is to offer real tools and insight to help others find a sense of purpose and a newfound fulfillment in their work. I love having Kathy on the show because as a fellow podcaster, it's so fun to be able to talk about how our big goal is to see more people happily making a living doing what they love. And I love talking to Kathy. Her journey is absolutely insane. Her story is crazy. But what I think is so neat about it is that she she is really all about keeping it real. We talk about where, and this is so funny, we recorded our first podcast, You'll Never Believe. We talk about just the ability to connect through an audience, just through simple headphones and showing up each week and why starting is the hardest part. And so I love this conversation with Kathy. I think it is such an insightful one. If you've ever considered starting a podcast or you're kind of curious as to what goes on behind the scenes, then this show is for you. Before we dive in, I want to go through the review of the week from the sweetest Lindsay Roman. Lindsay says, the podcast you have been waiting for or didn't even know you needed. Lindsay says, I binge listened to all of these episodes while working and can I just say, Thank you. I have been waiting for a podcast like this. Not only is there freaking amazing business advice, but straight up life advice in being shared from the heart of every episode. My soul feels so full right now. Jenna has such a heart for pouring into others, and she gives you quality content that is practical and helpful. Listening to this podcast not only makes me want to become a better girl boss, but also a better person. If you haven't given this podcast a try, do it. You'll be hooked, and your heart and soul will thank you for it. Thank you so much, Lindsay. As always, you guys, these reviews, man, they touch my soul, and you're going to hear in this episode why this show is truly a labor of love, something that I just believe in putting out into the world and I'm willing to pay for it. And so hearing from you guys really touches my soul and it just gives me that fire to keep on producing. So are you guys ready to dive in to Kathy Heller's show? 
We're going to talk all about how she started Don't Keep Your Day Job. And guys, I'm just so excited for you to hear our conversation. Are you ready to dive in? Let's do this. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Guess what? I know you. You want to know something I know about you? You're not a huge fan of sponsors and ads on your favorite shows. You probably hit that little button to skip through them so that you can just get to the point of the episode. Trust me, I get it. That's why I'm doing something a little outlandish and I am dropping all of our sponsors for the Gold Digger podcast. Call me radical, call me crazy, but I set out to make a show that was filled with the free education our industries were lacking and I am jumping right back into alignment with that vision. So this show is brought to you by our totally free guide, five easy ways to grow your email list. You can get your hands on it at jkemaillist.com. That's right, a guide that will get you started help you understand why email lists matter, and teach you to know what to send. My biggest business regret is not starting an email list sooner, so this episode is dedicated to not letting you make the same mistake. Head to jkemaillist.com and get growing that list of yours. Now, what do you say? Are you guys ready to jump into today's episode? Let's do it. All right. Hello, Kathy. Thank you so much for being on the show. Today. I don't think I could love you more. So <laughs> I don't know, though, because every day I will read what you post and listen to your show. And I'm like, I think I love her even more today. So I'm so happy to oh be my here. Gosh. Well, I'm so thankful. So for people that don't know who you are, can you give us a peek into your life, kind of how your path has unfolded, what your journey has looked like? Yeah. Who the heck is this girl? So I host a podcast called Don't Keep Your Day Job. And I I sort of got there because I came out to Los Angeles when I was 24. I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to tour the world and write music. And I thought the streets were paved with record deals, but it turns out they're not. They're paved with other artists. And so it took me, it took me a little time to figure out how to crack the code. And then I finally did get a record deal, which was like, Oh my gosh, I'm meeting the Wizard of Oz. I'm getting the keys to the kingdom. And I was signed in the record deal for like a few months. And then they told me, you know what? I don't think that this is going to work. And I got dropped. And I was like, wah, wah. And then I like looked into like other jobs. I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll like do something else. Like I'll put on a pantsuit and I'll like go to work. And so I got like a job and I worked in many different places. I worked in a casting office. Then I got a real estate license. Then I worked as a preschool teacher and then I worked for this oncologist for his like philanthropic <laughs> fund like I did a bunch of things and I just kept feeling like I was getting more depressed and I couldn't rationalize it away and then one day I was driving in my car and I was tearing up and the sunblock like mixed with the tears and I started to like 
cry and laugh because I couldn't see and I was driving. So I pulled over and I was like, okay, this is not good. And I was like, you know what? I have to figure out a way to be a songwriter because this is my life, right? Like the stakes are pretty high and I want to be fulfilled. And I want to feel like, you know, I heard a friend say to me at one point, like if you were a guitar and somebody used you to like hold a potted plant, you wouldn't feel like you were a guitar, right? Or like if you're like an iron and somebody uses it as a paperweight, it's not really here to do that. It's here to do a different job. And so I felt like I'm not really like I was put here to be me and I'm not really being me. I'm trying to be somebody else. And I know that in our, our world, there's a lot of people and there's a lot of chatter. And I, I had certainly my share of people saying like, you definitely should give up your dream. Like, yeah, like that is what people realize eventually. Like, and you should take one of these more, you know, quote unquote, practical jobs. But it's the least practical thing in the world to spend most of your time doing something you don't want to do. So I said, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure out how to be a songwriter. And so the next week I was reading Billboard magazine. I was reading articles about people who were licensing their music, whose songs were on TV shows and ads. And I read this article about Ingrid Michaelson and her songs. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, maybe there's like a whole road where I could do this as an indie artist. And so I made it my mission and I started to do things where I wasn't being taught to do it. I just intuitively started like asking questions. Okay, what kind of songs do I need to write? Who would I get them to? And so I guess I was at that point doing what it is that I now teach. But at the time, I didn't really know. I was just sort of like kind of trusting my intuition. And so I would say to myself, okay, well, if I want to write a song for Grey's Anatomy or Pretty Little Liars or what was on at the time, One Tree Hill, I was like, okay, well, what songs do they use? And what songs of mine are similar to the stories that they tell? And so it was all about solving problems. And it was all about being clear that if I want it, like, see commerce this is the thing and at the time people were saying to me like oh you're such a sellout like you're not just going to the studio and writing some heartbreaking song you're thinking about a show so like isn't that not being really an artist and I was like I don't think so actually and I I realized then and there that there are you know two camps you know some people are gonna just write and or just create something because it feels good which is great it just depends what your goal is but The economy, since the beginning of like when people were trading things, it's all about like creating something that someone else needs, somebody else wants, and then somebody pays you for it because they go, oh, that's not just pretty for you. That's not just useful for you. That's also pretty to me. I want that painting or that's also really useful to me. I need that. So I thought, actually, this is just so cool. And so I just really, I worked hard and I wasn't going to give up and I was still working a day job, but in all my free time, I was very... I was very motivated to just like make this happen. And I kept writing and I would try to get feedback from people, which was super important. And eventually I cracked this code and I started to get my songs placed in big ads, you know, things like McDonald's and Walmart and KFC and Hasbro and shows like Pretty Little Liars and The Office and SNL. And I started to make multi six figures doing this, you know, $200,000, $300,000 a year. And then Billboard wrote an article about me with a full page and a picture and Variety wrote an article about me with a full page and a picture and I was in LA Weekly same thing and Music Connection magazine and USA Today on the cover of the music section and I thought this is really crazy and I've learned in my life that life sometimes is like an iceberg where 
eventually the stuff that you were just doing behind the scenes, you become known for it. Like if you earnestly work really hard, it is amazing that eventually I couldn't believe like when I was sitting down getting interviewed by Billboard magazine, I actually said to the guy interviewing me, Phil Gallo, I go, Phil, is this really like that newsworthy? And he goes, first of all, you should never ask somebody who thinks it's newsworthy if it is, <laughs> because I think it is for sure. He's like, but yeah, he goes, the story is going to be called writing your own check. And that's what you did. You know, you didn't stop and say, wait a minute, I don't have any contacts right now at TV shows or movies or ad agencies because I didn't. He's like, you didn't stop and say, I don't know the roadmap. You just figured it out. And I realize so often that people will have a million excuses for why they don't do stuff. And the only real resource you need is your own resourcefulness. Like, if you really want to figure something out, you absolutely will. You just will. And we live in an age where there's just so much available and there's so many different kinds of people who we can partner with and connect with, whether through Facebook groups or whether through any kind of online search. Like, you can really figure out who you need to get to know. And then the question is, are you willing to do the work? Because... I had somebody on my podcast and he's a pretty famous chef. And he said, people complain about doing the work they want to be doing. And it's, it's so true. And it is hard. And it's like, oh God, we have to be like really willing to be uncomfortable because it takes time. And then it was amazing. So I, you know, after a year and a half of like really hustling, things started to just sort of pop. And then I was doing music for a while and I was making a great living, like paying a mortgage, writing music for TV shows. And people would find my songs and make videos of them. And I, I you know, had some fans. It was really nice. And I decided to just do it that way because I wanted to be a mom. And I have three little girls. And so that became sort of like what I was doing. And then I started to be asked to speak. I was flying around like talking to artists, musicians, and I was really trying to give them this message of how to be resourceful and reverse engineer things. And then I, you and I both love Amy Porterfield. Somebody mm-hmm. turned me on to her online class on teaching a class. And I took her courses at Convert Class and I was pregnant with my third baby. And I was like, screw it. I'll just wake up at 4.30 in the morning before my other two wake up and I'll take this class. And my naivete has always really served me well. So I was like, oh, I'll take the class, then I'll create the class. And two months from now, I'll launch it. Like, I don't know. I just sometimes that it's great to be so naive. And so I just did that. And I just worked so hard and was so excited. And then I launched the class and the class, it just kind of went you know, above my wildest dreams. I mean, it, you know, it made just close to a million dollars, which is amazing. And I was teaching songwriters how to license their music, how to get their songs in TV shows and films. And I broke my teeth learning this new language, which was like an email list. Like I hadn't done any of that and it all worked. And I, I just showed up consistently and I, I learned how to do a Facebook ad all like on the spot. And the class has been going really well, like over the last two years, like it's, you know, it's done really, really well. And then about a year ago, a little more than a year ago, about a year and a half ago, one of my students said to me, you should have a podcast. You are not just talking to songwriters, like your whole message can be applied to anything. I thought, really? Okay, cool. Let's do it. And so she knew somebody who worked in that 
podcasting world. And I had a meeting with them and my third baby was just bored and she had turned two weeks old. I had a meeting and I thought, why not? Let's add another thing to the plate because <laughs> I'm still writing music. Like I just wrote a theme song for Netflix. Like I'm still doing music. I, and then I also, I own an agency helping other artists get their music placed. But thankfully I have a team of a few full-time people who I adore and they help me with that. But there was already a lot on the plate and I thought, okay, new baby, two other kids, let's just add it on. Let's just go for it. So I started the podcast and I couldn't believe it. You know, we started last January and so January of 2017 and it just went, you know, it just went really well. And I got to interview amazing people like Bobby Brown and Mandy Moore and Jonathan Adler and Emily Giffen, people who are so successful being creative and doing the thing they love to do. And the podcast was just you know, it was getting lots of downloads. And within like two episodes, I got an email from my now agent who said, she's like, I left Random House after 18 years. And I just decided to become an agent because that was the part of the job that I really loved. She's like, you should have a book. And I thought, okay. And so we created a book (laughs) proposal. And then we had a little bidding more. And I wound up going with Macmillan, St. Martin's Press. And that was like so bizarro because I had just had Emily Giffen on my show who has a series of books that I love and she's at St. Martin's Press. I was like, that's crazy. And Glennon Doyle Melton is at Macmillan. I was like, I had just seen her speak and I was like, that's just amazing how things can sometimes manifest when you put in the work and sometimes things align and, and you just have to watch where sort of you're being directed. So now I'm working on my book, which is pretty much finished and the podcast is going great. And now like my whole life is like a little bit turned in the other direction where the podcast and the book are my like, you know, I don't know, my favorite things I get to work on and I'm still doing music and now that's my side hobby. So that's my story. That's it. Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, you have taken so many twists and turns. Oh yeah. I bet if you could have (laughs) known these things 10 years ago, you would have been like, that is not who I am. What? I would not write a book. Like all of these things, but they were all within you the entire time, which is kind of crazy. It is. Yeah. So now that you've introduced us to your podcast, don't keep your day job. Can you fill listeners in on like how you picked the name and and why you started it and kind of what the mission of the show is? Yeah, totally. So the mission of the show is, and this is like probably why I love you so much because I feel like you're such a kindred spirit. The mission of the show is helping people find their life's work. I want everybody to know that they matter everybody matters. If you're here is no accident. There are no extras in the game of life. And I want people to really figure out like and crystallize that thing, that thing that whispers to you, how could you do that full time? What would it look like if you took your passion and it gave you so much purpose and you got to make a living doing it? I feel like we're all called to do something and it's part of like what makes this tapestry what it is. And so if you're teal or you're, you know, purple or indigo, like you need to be that. And it doesn't matter if a million other people are already songwriting or writing a script or being a photographer or making cake pops. It doesn't matter because there's room for you. Last time I checked, there is no other you, which means no one will do it exactly the way you will. You will find your tribe. And I just so believe in, I mean, I've seen it in my life so many different times with my own career and different pursuits. When you really align with something that you feel so alive doing and so joyful, the world will rally around you. And so 
that is what the show is about. It's about making a living doing what you love because I feel like in that you will find not just your living, but your purpose. And I think the opposite of depression is purpose. I think that truly the thing people really want is to know they're contributing. I think that that gives us like the most oxygen. So that's what the show is about. And how I came up with the name is I thought, well, how do I get that across in like, Mm -hmm. you know, without being too preachy? And my husband is really clever and smart. And he thought, you know, well, people always say like, don't quit your day job, right? You know, go back Mm -hmm. to your day job because you shouldn't do that thing you really want. So he said, what about don't keep your day job? You know, go do the thing you really want. And I thought, yeah, that makes sense. So that's it. It's so clever. It is. (laughs) I think naming a podcast is so hard. I think it is. Yours is amazing. There's so much pressure on it, though. It's like it's like naming a child where it's like and I feel like we back ourselves into a corner thinking like nothing can ever change. But but it is. I just remember when we had the idea to start a show, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to name this. Like, yeah, what do we do? So was there a certain aha moment with your podcast? Like, what did it look like from having the idea, the notion all the way to producing and putting out your first episode into the world? Yeah. And you know what? I'm excited that you're asking this because a few weeks ago. Ago, I had asked my audience, what yeah. do you guys want me to do an episode on? And a bunch of people said, could you do an episode on how to create a podcast? And I was like, uh-huh. oh, cool. And so we did an episode a few weeks ago on all the nuts and bolts and process and all this stuff. And I made a cheat sheet for it. And it's there under that episode. And I love that people want to do this because I'm such a fan of people making podcasts. I really think it's like mm-hmm. such a thing that you can you can just whip it up like in your pajamas. Like you can record. It's amazing. So That's what I'm doing. Yeah, right? <laughs> when I started, yeah, we started by recording a few episodes. Like we recorded like eight or nine and then we listened and thought, which are really the best ones? And so we then picked a few and we decided, okay, we're going to launch with that. And a lot of life is like, don't overthink it. Like Of course it's not. You're perfect. You're never, ever perfect. You can only be the best you can be in that moment. And you have to trust that you're going to sort of like start and you will find your sound. You will get better at all of it. Like I look back at Gary Vaynerchuk's like first videos on YouTube and it's like, it's awesome. Like good for him. He started. That's the whole freaking point. Like he started where he was with like, he didn't have like a fancy camera. He just started. Like we all have to give ourselves permission to not be perfect. Just, just show up, you know, just show the heck up. So yeah, we picked a few episodes, we started, and the first couple episodes, I was just talking about what the show is about, and then I started doing a bunch of interviews, and then what was interesting is we heard from the listeners that they liked the interviews a lot, but they would also like episodes where it was just sort of me, like a fire hose of inspiration and pep talk. And so we started to go, okay, we have to listen to our audience. And then we changed things a little bit and did more episodes that were a mix. Some were just me talking and some were me interviewing people. And that's also really a cool part of every puzzle is like, we have to do and do and do, and then we have to assess and assess and assess. And what I find that a lot of people do where they get stuck and frustrated is they'll tell me, you know, I don't understand. Like I've been trying this for seven years or I have the script. It's done. Nobody's reading it. It's not going anywhere. It's like, great. So you did one 
piece, which is really amazing. You should pat yourself on the back. But then now, how are you assessing? How are you, you know, seeing what's working, what's not working like a scientist in a lab so you can keep making those like minor adjustments, which ultimately are everything. So we did do that. We continue to do that. I mean, we're right now thinking about like our logo because our logo is like pink and we feel like, you know, our show is about people finding purpose. And even though I'm a woman and I'm a mom and I'm all those things, it doesn't necessarily only have to be pink. And so we're trying to figure that out. Like, should we double down and be more female, cool, savvy, or should we sort of try to be like more directed at people just looking for purpose and more gender neutral? So it's it's a constant, you know, target that we're, we're trying to get closer and closer to. I love that. And when I was on your show, you said like, when you told your story, it felt like it was me and everything you just said. I'm like, <laughs> yes, like, like in our intro, it was saying girl bosses. And I knew there were dudes listening. And I'm like, am I like already repelling people yeah. that want this education just because of that title? And so, you know, yeah. we're constantly changing and analyzing and tweaking and changing. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And like you said, like starting is the hardest part. It's the most daunting part. And I think that nowadays, when we look at people that are polished that have been doing it for a long time, we forget to like go back into the archives. And I think that there is something so beautiful knowing that people are starting at episode one still and that they get to see the evolution because totally. there's power in growth. There is so much power in growth. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we love to look at people and be like, this is where they started. And I think that what is so beautiful about podcasting is that it doesn't have to be concrete and and you can still make an impact while you're working through the changes. So how do you guys kind of analyze like, what's working because I think that a lot of times people have the initial strategy but they never follow through like you said to seeing like if this experiment is working or not yeah what does that analysis look like for you in terms of running a podcast so there's a few things one thing is there are ways for you to measure how many people download your show mm-hmm. and so we started out we had like 50 or sixty thousand per episode and then that was really going well and then after like we did let's say 14 episodes and I don't want to throw him under the bus because he's such a sweet guy, but we interviewed the guy who played Potsy on Happy Days. Okay. And that was like where I started to see people falling off. And I realized that maybe I shouldn't do an interview just for interview's sake. Mm-hmm. I realized, you know what? There were certain interviews that were just so amazing. Like I loved hearing the story of how Jonathan Adler went from getting fired and rollerblading because he couldn't afford to take a cab or a subway and making a pot to becoming like the mogul that he is. There were certain interviews that it's like, there is such a point to telling the story. Mm-hmm. There was other times where I think in the beginning, I second guessed if I was enough. And so I thought, I can't just do an episode just talking. I have to interview someone. Get me somebody. <laughs> Get yeah, somebody on the me. phone. <laughs> and, and so, you know, somebody said, well, what about Don Mose from Happy Days? And I was like, sure, Happy Days. People like Happy Days, you know? So, but then I realized like, no, people need to have, you know, it's it's not about having an interview. And so then I asked people, what, what would you like? People said, well, what about my audience started saying to me on Instagram and on Facebook that I asked them, you know, I just asked them, what do you want? They said, we'd love more episodes, you know, where you can give us a how to. And actually we then went and changed all of the titles of our episodes and everything going forward to how to. So we had Gretchen Rubin on and we changed it to how to be happy. You know, we had mm-hmm. whoever the person was that we had on, it was like, when Amy Porterfield, we changed it to, you know, how to make online marketing more easy or whatever we changed it to. So 
And when we had you on, you know, we made it more like how to get your goals accomplished. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we listened by we could look at numbers and see. And then we could also ask. And one of the things that kept coming up, I would get questions from people about overcoming their fear. Mm -hmm. And I realized, you know, maybe I should do an entire episode. And so for Halloween, we did a whole episode on how to overcome fear. And I decided to actually do things that scared me in the episode where I talked about aspects of my own childhood. And I didn't really ever feel brave enough to do that. And so I said, you know, here's some strategies in my life, how I've overcome fear and how I've been able to, let's say, start a podcast or be successful or get married, which is scary, or have a kid, which is scary. You know, here are some of the things that I've done. And I said, and now I'm also going to do it again. Like right now in real time, I'm going to tell you a story that I've never told because it scares me and because I want to show you that I can actually do this and get out of my comfort zone. And so I talked about growing up and what it was like in my house and some of the stuff that I've seen and the difficult things I've gone through. And, and I wanted, you know, I wanted people to hear that and people really responded to that. And we saw the numbers go up and we saw people's comments and I thought, oh, that's another really important tweak is like, be vulnerable, Kath, like Mm -hmm. share, you know, and And so that's been an interesting now, new part of the journey. It is amazing how being sincere and being genuine is such a rare commodity that when you speak what's true and you have the grace to hold all the things about you in perspective at the same time, you know, like you can be a girl boss and you can also be self-sabotaging. You can, you know, not be perfect. You know, the other day I posted something about how when I was 16, I wanted to get plastic surgery because I didn't like my face. I didn't like my nose. And like I took the bandages off and I still didn't feel any different the next day, Mm -hmm. you know, and I realized like I was always chasing being perfect. And I, I started talking about things like that. And it's amazing how it's the opposite. Instead of you looking weaker, you're stronger. And we are all like, sometimes I'll think about, oh my God, are there really 50,000 people listening to my show? Because that's like talking in front of three stadiums, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then... I actually remind myself I'm just talking to one person because this person is living and they're going to work and they're listening in their car or they're listening at the gym and we are all the same. Like we are all challenged with similar demons and struggles and everyone pretends to be perfect on Facebook, but nobody is, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're all, we're all a big work in progress. And so I realized that by me adding to my story that I was telling on the podcast pieces that were my shadows, my weaknesses, the things I'm struggling with, it actually, I think gave people more of a sense of like, oh, me too, you know? And then that grew me closer. I felt like to my listeners. So yeah, it's, it's a constant changing target, but It's such a fun journey to be on. Hey, hey, sorry to jump in here, but I wanted to pop back in with a dose of encouragement and a little extra something something for you. You probably keep hearing top marketers say, it's all in the list, it's all in the list, and you're wondering what list they are talking about. Surely it cannot be your to-do list. That's a mile long. They are talking about email lists, and rightfully so. Email marketing is the number one way I drive profits in my business, and to celebrate that simple fact, I created a totally free guide, five easy ways to grow your email list, and you can get your hands on it for free at jkemaillist.com. Again, hop to jkemaillist.com to get your guide, hit pause, get your hands on it, and get more resources all devoted to growing that email list of yours. And then, of course, you can jump back into this awesome episode. 
I love it. I think, too, you know, Amy Porterfield, I was just texting her before we jumped on, but she was the woman that got me into podcasting, and I realized, like, I'm listening to her every single week. I'm not missing a week. Like, I want to hear what she has to say. And I remember a specific show when she said, she's like, people want me to be more relatable, less buttoned up. And she really is just a very, like, organized, professional person. I'm like, how are we friends? Because I, like, message her, and I'm like, you know, in my yoga pants, like, all right, let's (laughs) just wing it. And she's like, I can't wing anything. I know. But what I think is so cool about it and and what really drew me to podcasting and I'm sure you can relate is you can only take social media so far and I feel like words and pictures can get you somewhere it can grow a tribe but there's something so intimate about showing up in people's lives on their own agenda whether That's it's true. walking the dog or yeah. you know keeping them company on their commute or maybe they have a big interview or whatever that looks like and I yeah. think that when I looked at how Amy had been speaking into my life before I ever knew her, before we were ever friends and how I trusted her. And, you know, you just create those connections, even if that person doesn't even know you exist. And I think that's so powerful. So did you have any like mental barriers or roadblocks before you started? Or did you kind of just go for it and put it out there? Oh, yeah. I'm always just totally smooth and perfect. I'm everything about me. (laughs) No, I think, see, I think that's the thing. Like, I think we... We look at other people sometimes and we're like, oh, well, that person, you know, I can't do it. They can because they're just so smooth and awesome. And it's like, no, I think that what other people who we look up to are is just brave, you know, because it's like everyone's uncomfortable. We weren't designed as human beings to like get up and speak to 100,000 people like we don't know what we're doing. And of course, we have self-doubt. And so, of course, you know, I remember with the first episode I sat in my closet because I was trying to get the sound right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like first, I was like in my office and I put up some really cool quotes on the wall. I bought new posters. So like I'm doing this, and I was like, I don't know if it sounds great in here. I think I'm gonna actually just sit in the in the closet. <laughs> Mignon Fogarty from Grammar Girl. She's like, I sit in my closet. I'm like, great, good idea. So I was in the closet and I remember I was like, okay, I'm just gonna record this episode, no problem. And I recorded it like nine times. And I was like, (laughs) at this point, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. And it's been hours and my family is downstairs and I had the door like barricaded. I'm like, I think I need to leave. And I'm not sure if it's even good, you know? So Mm -hmm. after that, I actually, my throat was hurting, right? Because I was talking for hours, recording it nine times. And it wasn't just because I was recording it. I think when you're tense, your throat hurts, right? It's, It's not like you're just relaxed for nine hours talking. So I realized after that, 100%, I'm not doing this again because I won't like it. I will wind up thinking this is such a chore and it'll be just so painstaking. So I said, from here on out, I'm not re-recording. I'm just going to do my episode. And of course, we do have like, I have a lovely team and I have somebody who helps me edit where we will sometimes take out a few things, right? Just to make things more concise and just more perfect or closer to being, you know, more, more together. But I don't just just do that to myself. I just have to sit with, okay, this is the episode. You know, this is what we did and trust. Yes. So yeah, I think that's awesome. And I recorded my first shows in my car. (laughs) 
Oh my god, so good. Our dogs bark at literally everything. And it took me so long to figure out like how are we going to run this Mm. podcast? And so I would sit in my car, it was like the middle of winter in Wisconsin. Oh my god, that's very cold. cold. So I would (laughs) crank the heat up, get it warm, shut the car off, do the interview, and by the time the interviews were done, it'd be cold. And it was just so funny because I think that it's such a beautiful reminder of just starting and like done is better than perfect just like yes. you said like I can't yes. keep recording over and over and over again no and, no no and I think that it's so funny nowadays I just let things roll and so even in intros if I like stumble I'm like hey that's how I actually talk in real life and like yeah somebody correct. me and I I say the word absolutely a lot I did not notice this until I was like, interviewed <laughs> on other people's shows and I'm like why do I answer every question with the word absolutely <laughs> I don't even say that in real life but it's just so funny because I mean those quirks and those things while they might totally drive us crazy it's what makes us real like i think average people could be like if i were interviewed i'd totally say weird things because i have no idea what i'm doing you know and this is why i love this is one of the reasons i love you so much i feel like you help people celebrate what they are and how often like how many examples can you count I mean, I have you to count, honestly. I can't count anybody else. I have other people who I, of course, adore because I like love this person's record or I love this person's manuscript, their play, their whatever, of course. How many of those people do I love their work, which I love yours, but I also love that they make me feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what you're doing. It is such an incredibly important. It's like the sweet nectar of the gods. Like it's like <laughs> you're helping people just be okay with what is. And that is what we need to do because no one talks perfectly. That's right. And and people do sit in their closet to record things or in their car in the dead of winter. But that's what makes it like, oh, me too. I could do that. I don't have to be perfect. No, you don't. You don't have to be perfect. And and I love what you said. Something started and finished is better than something like overthinking it forever. Like, Absolutely. let's go. Come on, let's go. The world needs what you've got. You're here for a reason. Let's go. Let's, let's I- come on. I love it. And I think, too, it's like the people that are the real movers and shakers are the ones that are just going. It's not asking for directions or asking what microphone do I need or how do I create this studio? It's it's you're literally just picking up and going. So my question for you, and I'm so curious to know other people's processes, but how do you kind of dream up your content or choose your guests? What does that process look like? Because I think a lot of people, they might be interested in starting, but they're like, how do I even get people to be on my show? So that's a great question. Yeah. I mean, look, I have learned in my life that there are two words that come in very handy, polite persistence. Okay. And the thing (laughs) is like, what's so lucky is that you're not feeding things like decimal points into a computer. You're sending messages or you're picking up the phone. You're talking to a human, right? So there's that whole thing called like connecting with people. And there are times Mm -hmm. where people can see how sincere and enthusiastic you are. And sometimes people just give you like a, okay, sure. And you're just like, wow, people do get in their own ways. And they say, well, how would I ever even get anyone on the show? It's like, well, have you tried? Yeah, I emailed four people. I didn't hear back. Okay, well, how about email 40 people and see if you hear back from three of them, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm very politely persistent. And so I, I started out, I was like, look, before I had the show even up on iTunes, I couldn't ask Katie Couric to be on my show, right? It even wasn't even on. So when I was pre-recording, like before the show aired last January, I needed to reach out to like cool people that maybe I knew or maybe a friend knew. And so I had a friend in San Francisco who has his own bakery. And I thought, well, that's a cool story. And I have a friend who works at Disney who's an animator. And I thought, 
great, let's have him on. You know, and I, I picked people who I felt had like, you know, climbed mountains to get to where they were in a place where they were really happy doing what they loved. Then once the show was on iTunes, I was a little braver. And our first few episodes, actually, we got we got a big blessing, which was that Apple featured the show, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. In fact, they have thrown us a lot of love. They've featured the show now three times on like the main podcast page, which was very amazing. And I love the Apple podcast team. They're really, truly there to help. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys really care. So when we were featured, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I, but I still, it's not like I had famous friends, you know, that Mm -hmm. I thought it kind of gave me a sense of validation. Like maybe what I'm doing is good. And so I started to just like open up the Google machine and I started to look for people's addresses and I would Google like Bobby Brown and I found out that she had a publicist and so I reached out to her publicist and I just, I try to write people letters that are not super businessy because I feel like business Mm -hmm. emails are like a dime a dozen and so I try to like break through the noise and I was like, hey, my name's Kathy and you know, I'm a mom, I have three kids and when I'm not listening to Frozen or making grilled cheese, (laughs) I host a podcast and I think Bobby Brown is amazing and I love that she's all about beauty from the inside out and I want to hear her story about how she made that first lipstick. So can she be on the show? And Sure enough, her publicist did not even ask me, how many downloads do you have? You know, phew, thank God, because I just started like a week (laughs) earlier. And so she said, absolutely. She's like, Bobby Brown actually, you know, she just stepped down from Bobby Brown and now she's just hanging, starting a new business and she's got the time. I'm like, perfecto. So I had her on. And then once I had her on, I emailed Jonathan Adler and I was like, reach out to his publicist. And I'm like, you know, a similar kind of email, like, hey, Ryan, that's his publicist name. I was like, you know, I'm uh, I'm just a girl who uh, somebody bought me a Jonathan Adler clock for my wedding nine years ago. And it's like my prized possession. And I think he's adorbs (laughs) and I'd love to have him on. And I just had Bobby Brown on. And then he was like, cool, you know, let's get him on your calendar. Now, I emailed more than those two people. Like, let's be honest. Like, I emailed, oh, God, the the people I can't ever get, which I would love to have on, which is like Joanna Gaines and her husband. I know that you feel the same way. Yeah. And they're always like, we're busy. We're booked. And I'm like, oh, because I'm I'm obsessed with HGTV, like beyond Mm -hmm. belief. We went through fertility treatment. I also really relate to you there and had a lot of tears and nine rounds of fertility treatment and anyway during all of the fertility appointments that's what's on in the office is like property brothers and fixer upper and so nicole curtis i've tried to get all the i don't know those are like my that's like my secret the like, dream the pipe yeah it's just like all those people <laughs> so they've all said no like or nicole curtis was like not yet you know like and she sent me rehab addict and i was like I have my little book but i haven't gotten her on yet it's not like they're all yeses there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who say no but i just keep charging ahead and i so i think about you said you know how do you come up with guests i think about who do i find like inspiring who's doing stuff that's cool and then because the show is all about finding your life's work i try to mix it up and you know i'd like to have an author and then i'd like to have somebody who does comic strips and then i'd like to have somebody you know like you who's a photographer turned like social media guru it's like i try to mix up Mm -hmm. and then in between that i'll think what are the other sort of psychological skills that we need to even get through this kind of journey. So I've had people on to talk about grit and I've had people on to talk about productivity. You know, these are all pieces of the same mm-hmm. same journey. I love that. So if you had to pick your absolute favorite thing about hosting a podcast, what would it be and why? Well, this is pretty amazing. You know, like getting to meet people like you, when you realize there are people out there who just 
your mind gets a little bit blown. Mm-hmm. You feel like you've just expanded what is now in the realm of what's possible. Meeting you, watching you from the sidelines, meeting people like Amy, it truly fuels my day. It like reminds me like, oh, oh, darling, you ain't seen nothing yet. There's so <laughs> much more. And it reminds me like of the power of doing good. Like you do good and you commit, which is not easy to just be consistently showing up. And it's amazing. Like you guys have lit the way for me. I see, I can see like, wow, there's so much that's possible and there's so much change you can create and good things you can do for people. I mean, that. And I have to say that's sort of wrapped up in that is I get these emails, which I'm sure you get. Mm -hmm. And I just, I literally sit and tear up. I like every eight minutes, I get a private message on Instagram where somebody's telling me like, you don't understand. This woman's like, I was living overseas. I started listening to you in January. By April, I left my abusive husband and I'm now doing like typography and, you know, like hand lettering. And I never would have done this before you. And like, I get letters like this. You know, I get letters where people, yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's a little scary too. Cause my husband's like, people are making big life decisions based on what you're saying. Like you might want to slow it down. You don't have it all together. You're just a girl. You don't know. You don't know it all. I'm like, yeah, but good for them. Good for them. Let's have everybody come on and let's have everyone quit their job. No, by the way, I tell people I had a job. I pursued my, this is all, everything's been a side hustle for me. So I don't tell people like, go leave your 401k. I say like, let's, let's create like a (laughs) runway, you know, like let's have a, let's have a plan. Let's start that while you have a job. And even my podcast was a side hustle to my music business. And now this is my full-time thing really. And my music is my side hustle. So it's amazing how much you really can get done. But yeah, that's my favorite thing is meeting people like you and getting to touch other people's lives is super rewarding. I think it's so great. Like last night, I just kind of had a moment, you know, before the interviews today. And I texted my sister who, you know, joined my team a few months ago, she's the cutest left thing behind also. her nursing career. And she's oh amazing. God. And, yeah. and I just said, I was like, I can't, sometimes I have to like, stop and say like, I have created something that allows my family to work for me, that we get to work alongside of each other. And I think it's so easy with anything that you do as a job to get caught up in the numbers, to look at downloads or reviews or whatever that is. And I said, when you sit and think about those specific people, just like you said at the beginning, when you think about those individual people that you're touching and you remove those numbers and those statistics, it's pretty mind blowing what you can do. And I I just texted her and I was like, man, like it is crazy to think that just us doing this work can really impact the direction of people's lives. And I think that that is what is so cool about, you know, just showing up. And, And the thing too about podcasting, just like any other metrics is you could have 10 listeners and you could be making a big impact, you know? And I think that we just forget that. We think that, you know, our message will change. We'll step into ourselves once we have a certain number of followers or certain audience. And I think that what's so beautiful is like you've chased and pursued your passions and the audience has followed you. Like it's not this one track anything. So my next question then is what is your least favorite thing about hosting a show? I want to see if it's the same as mine. Oh my goodness. Well, (laughs) you kind of touched on it a little in what you were just saying. Like sometimes I get caught up in like looking at, you know, 
okay, these are the numbers and this is what I'm trying to get to. And I know my publisher, mm-hmm. Macmillan, is like, you know, they have a certain number in their head that they want, you know, for when that book comes out. And, and that stuff is like, you know, it feels like pressure, you know. Mm-hmm. And there is this, there's this thing that comes up for me, which is as much as I'm a big advocate of being who you are and doing the best you can, which is why I think I can show up. I still, I still have that voice that wants me to do everything even better. And I still want to be mm-hmm. more perfect. And, and so it's something you're constantly chasing. And, you know, like you're never sure if you have complete control over that, you know, like, are you going to be more perfect this week or are your numbers going to go mm-hmm. up? I mean, those are, those are things when you think about, and I've heard actors say that too, like they love doing the work and being on the show. They don't, love than reading the ratings you know it's like because mm-hmm. you don't necessarily always have control I'm so thankful like I can't believe that we have you know over 800 reviews and I I, I mean it's all amazing and and somehow you know there's a part of me that always feels like but it, but it should be more I should do better you know like there is that mm-hmm. but I'm very type a and driven but if I wasn't then I probably wouldn't be doing it so what's your least favorite thing I think it's two things so I think that everything with podcasting, like there is nothing really concrete about it. So Mm -hmm. it's really hard to measure, you know, how your podcast is playing into your other pieces of business or how it's supporting things. And, you know, for me, we don't have sponsors on our show. So like, we're like self-funding this baby and, you know, I'm paying Mm -hmm. a salary to create this content. And sometimes it's hard to see like, is it worth it? And I know that sounds awful, But I mean, the truth is, is it's like, this is a labor of love. And I believe that it will support my other dreams in different ways. But there's really nothing concrete about podcasting, even download numbers. It's so elusive, because you don't know if people are actually listening. That's true. So it's kind of goofy. And then the other thing that I think is just so funny is, you know, you're trying to get these powerful people, you want to have the best guests. And those are usually the hardest people to reach and the hardest people to commit. And so like, I am a batch worker, like I told you, like I'm doing five episodes today. And it's so hard to get the people you want and create the ability to to batch anything. Yeah, no, that and that's true. Absolutely. Like, that's the thing I was talking to a friend recently. And she's like, I want to be a Broadway actress. And I'm like, you've been saying that for 20 years. (laughs) And she's like, yeah. So she goes, the problem is I only want to be in a show that I like. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't know anybody who likes every single aspect of what they do every day. Like it's not, it's not being a grown up. You know, I said, there are people, if if that's what you really wanted, like you want to win a Tony, you probably need to be willing to put your heart and soul and take some roles in some shows that you didn't like the music to as much as Dear Evan Hansen or whatever show you love. Like you need to be willing. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, I don't think so. I think you can just do the things you want every single second. I'm like, well, that's not (laughs) the way. I mean, Amy Porterfield, we talked about her before. She works so hard. Like we compare our behind the scenes messiness to people's highlight reels and we go, but look, look what they're doing. Look how perfect it is. It's like this person works so freaking hard. Like I'm obsessed with work. I'm emailing people at three in the morning. Like I'll wake up because I have a baby and then, you know, I'll go to change her. And then I'm like, oh, let me just, you know, work like I, (laughs) but the good news is I love my work and I love what Mm -hmm. I see that's possible. And I wish sometimes I could show people behind this curtain because sometimes I tell people like, hey, did you know if you start creating content you start putting yourself out there and you start doing da-da-da, do you realize like what you could create and how much people you could touch and how much money you can make? 
people don't really get it. They look at me like deer in headlights. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you didn't get it. Okay, moving on. Okay, but fine. It's amazing. You've seen it in your own life. It's, a, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's amazing, like, what we can create. My husband and I are, you know, we're buying this new, beautiful house right now. And it's like, I mean, we had a house, but we're, we're up-leveling. Like, I never, and I was crying standing there at, during escrow. I was like, oh, my God, look what, look what happened. Mm-hmm. Because I, little by little, like, you don't realize, we look at a skyscraper. We stand there. We look up. And we go, how would I ever make that? It's brick by brick. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. I just knew where I was, where I'm heading. I still don't know where it might keep growing to, but I just know every single day, like, what's the next thing I could possibly do today? What else could I give? And that's the other thing I want to tell people for creating a podcast. Your podcast is one piece, and then it's like all the other stuff you do to engage with your listeners. So like I do a Facebook Live every single week where I talk to my listeners and chat with them, and I have a Facebook group for the podcast, which is separate, and I chat with them. So And I send people emails, and I make cheat sheets and worksheets, and and I'm sure you do all of these things. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing is like, and what I've heard somebody say to me is like, similar to what you were saying before, although you don't stop there, you do your podcast, you know, like when you said it's hard to know, it's really elusive. That's true. And you're like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I still work my butt off to get it done. Yep. There are some people who will say, I don't know what the reward is going to be. Therefore, I don't do it. And, and this is what I would say to them. It's like, when you tell me that, and if I turn around and I said, is this your passion though? Like, is your passion talking about movies? Is your passion talking about baking? Yeah, it is. But you're not willing to do that for free. No, I need to get paid or I need a guarantee of where it's going. It's like, how can you say that that you love that? Like when you were a kid and you were finger painting, you didn't finger paint just because you thought, okay, mom's going to put this one on the fridge. If she doesn't put this one on the fridge, I'm not going to finger paint it. Mm -hmm. It's like, it needs to go on the fridge, you know? So we've lost the sense of there has to be that faith. There has to be that gap actually of like, I'm willing to do this for the work itself, for the sake of just doing this work. And then I think the world does go, oh my goodness, that's real. That's some realness right there. If you show up and you do that, and I remember Amy, we keep talking about her, but because she's a mutual friend, we keep talking about her. But she said something early on when I was watching one of her first classes, and she said, when you do a webinar, give people real value for free. Mm -hmm. Give it away. Give it away. Don't make it a teaser. Like, come to my seminar. Oh, but if you really want to learn something, pay me. No, no. Teach them. She's like, teach people stuff for free. Teach people amazing things. (laughs) Because if you're teaching this for free, people are like, oh my God, what else does she have? Imagine if I paid for something, what would I get? So I just want people to do stuff before they know, before they have a guarantee, because it's amazing what you can create sitting in your closet and just being an honest human being and opening up your mouth and not being perfect. And isn't it amazing how like there are, you know, several people similar to you and me doing similar kinds of things. And yet there is still room for each person. Like absolutely. It it doesn't scare me. It makes me go like, oh yes. Like look at all these other people who are so fierce. I don't feel like oh, because Jenna has a podcast, that means I shouldn't have a podcast. I think it's like mm-hmm. not relevant. Like think about all the movies you love, all the food you love, all the people you follow on social media. It's like there's plenty of time to love lots of people. It's like being a mom and loving all of your kids. You love them all. There's room for all of them. 
What I think is so great about podcasting is a lot of us are only dropping shows once or twice a week, and a lot of people listen to podcasts daily. And and that's why I want to have other women podcasters on my show because I'm like, our audiences can enjoy content every day of the week if we give them the best content. And I think that that really removes that competitive side and really brings together community in an actual, tangible way instead of just talking about it. And I think that that's what's so exciting about podcasting is you could listen to five different shows and you could get totally different things out of them. And I I listen to some shows because they're funny and I listen to some shows to learn and I listen to some shows out of curiosity. And I think that that is like what is so cool about this movement. So the last question for you is what is your goal since we're on the gold digger for (laughs) don't keep your day job? Well, I want to continue to grow this huge tribe. I want to continue Mm -hmm. to make this a bigger and bigger, like right now there's like a roar and it's like being in a stadium and there's a wave that's starting and I want to make this like the biggest wave that goes across, you know, across the world of people saying, me too, I matter. I'm going to add my color to the world. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's what every episode is about. Every episode is a reminder of you've got something in there and the world needs what you have. And so that is my goal with every episode is like, who is going to hear this today and who's going to be moved enough to take that action and put up their Etsy shop or to start baking those cookies or to open up their yoga practice or whatever they're going to be doing. That's, I mean, I'm like on a mission, like in my world view, the best way to make the world a better place is for each person to be genuinely happier. If everybody was authentically happy, like people sometimes will say to me, why is me being a painter like something I have to do? Like, how's that going to save the world? It's like, well, if every person, you know, walked through the world and they were just the happiest version of themselves, that absolutely makes the world a more beautiful, vibrant, amazing place. And so I'm sort of on a mission to help people feel more purpose and genuinely feel fulfilled. And and it's exciting. Like my book is coming out. I want, you know, this roar and this wave to grow and people to love the book. And I hope that that'll lead me to the next, you know, big platform, which is like, you know, getting to really speak and just just get that message out wherever I can go. Like you're enough. You're so enough. You matter. Mm-hmm. And there's something you came to the world to give. And it's worth trudging through all the overwhelm and self-doubt to find those people who you're here to touch, like each one of you who's listening, like there is something inside of you that you love to do. And it doesn't matter if it's dancing or baking or painting or taking photos. If you love it, the world needs that. And when they see you come to life, you inspire them to go do what they love. But also there's something inherently in those cookies or in that script or in that dance that affects other people. And you were put here to do it. And so I mean, that's simply my goal, like getting people out of their own way and giving them the courage, reminding them that they're enough and and hoping that we'll also give them some real strategies so that it's not just like, okay, here's a big pep talk, but then, okay, in every episode, let's go through a few takeaways so that you could actually know, okay, well, what the heck do I do? Okay, well, let's talk about it. What would you do? And then hopefully they walk away with some tools and they they start moving forward and getting themselves out there more because... We need each person. We really do. Otherwise, why are you here? Right? Mm, Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. This was amazing. I swear we could talk all day, which is the beauty of podcasting, although we don't (laughs) have all day. Where can everybody find you and tune into your show and learn from you? Tell Uh, us all the details. I would love that. Jenna, I just think you're just so special. You're like 
you know, you know, when you take oatmeal and you just add water, it's like instant, (laughs) you're like instant best friend to everybody. And I just, I just loved being here, but I love listening to you. I love watching you every second on Instagram and you just, you make me happy. People can find me. I would love you to come check out the show. See if you like it. It's called don't keep your day job. It's on iTunes. It's wherever you like to listen to podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever. You can also find me on Instagram at Kathy.Heller and Kathy's with a C. And I hope that, you know, through this conversation, maybe you started asking yourself that question of like, what do I have that it's burning, you know, a little hole inside of me and I, I just want to get it out there. And what would it look like if I didn't second guess that? And what would it look mm-hmm. like if I, if I just had the courage to put that out there? And maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I would be a little bit happier each day and maybe I'd be affecting more people and maybe that'd be fulfilling. Maybe that's what I've been searching for. <laughs> Amen. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for your time and just for being you. I'm so excited to point people to your show. You guys, it's just a really, really awesome space. And if you're missing out and you feel like you need more shows, definitely go check out Don't Keep Your Day Job. Thank you so much, Kathy, for being on. Thank you. You're the best, best, best. Man, what a good interview that was. I swear I could have talked to Kathy all day. I think there's just something in us podcasters that we just want to keep chatting. I think what is so cool and what I really learned from Kathy is just the ability to start and to experiment and to change as you go. And I think so often when we're passionate about something or when we're starting something new, we want it to be perfect. But I choose progress over perfection. And the real movers and shakers are the people that are doing the same thing. It doesn't have to be perfect to begin with. In fact, it's never going to be perfect. But if you can put it out into the world, if you can share your gifts with the world, you're going to make a bigger impact. And I think that the people that are out there, those ones that are inspiring you to do more and to be more and to show up, those are the people that are trailblazing the way to do that. And I think that sometimes it's just that tiny little step that can start moving you in the direction of your dreams. And Kathy so eloquently stated all of this in that show. I think it is just so awesome to connect with other women and to be able to show up and to be able to see that impact in real tangible ways. And so if you're looking for a tangible way to say thank you to Kathy for being on the show or just to say thank you for us putting out this content every week and working so hard on getting you the best guests to inspire you, would you hop on over to Instagram, go to Gold Digger Podcast and let us know what was your biggest takeaway? What did you learn today? What inspired you today? And hearing from you guys, I cannot tell you this enough, man. It just makes me so excited to keep on producing and to keep on creating. So thank you so much for tuning into the Gold Digger Podcast. And until next time, friends, keep on digging your biggest goals. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more, the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.